Hey friend, I'm so honored to share space with you right now. Why? Because when we share space, there's no dark corner left behind. We shed light where it's dark by challenging our perspectives and the parts of our mindset that are limiting and even contributing to the parts of us that are unfulfilled. We dig to bring clarity to our mind and by God's grace, even peace for our soul. So if you're really ready to start digging, I'm Coach K Jones and it's Tuesday. So let's talk. Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Talk, the podcast. Of course, I am your host, Coach Kay Jones, and it is February, you guys. It's already February, and you've heard me talk about it before, especially on the last episode. February is going to be the All About Love segment, okay? So every guest that I have lined up for February is going to be extremely insightful. So as always, you want to grab your notebook, grab your pens, and you want to take notes. So the first guest that I have with us for February today is Pastor Marvin St. McCary, y'all. He is the executive pastor at the Ramp Church. He's an author. He is a co-owner of the St. Collection Clothing Apparel. First of all, y'all going to catch me in a sweatshirt and a hat very soon. He is a husband and he is also a father. Pastor Marvin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming to share space with us. We are excited to hear your insight um, of course, with the all about love segment and you being a husband, like the male perspective is so important, especially in a space like this, where a majority of the listeners are women. So first, if you will just share a little bit about yourself, your story, everybody has a story. All right. Um, well, if we start, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a, a New York City guy. I, um, had passion to work in the entertainment industry. So when I was about 19 years old, I was an intern for P. Diddy at Bad Boy Entertainment. Um, that led for me to work for a director named Hype Williams uh, in L.A. So for about seven years, so I moved in, moved to L.A. about 21. I was living in the industry, working in, on a lot of music videos, casting and producing music videos. And during that time, I met a gentleman by the name of Derek Monroe. Derek Monroe would invite me to go to church with him. Uh, sometimes I would go. Derek, he used to do my hair when I first moved here to Lynchburg. Okay, back at uh, that that location in Alta Like in Alta Vista, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I met him. He was doing the hair of a girl I was dating at the time. And he would invite me to go to Bible study with him. So, you know, I would go to some. some sometimes I didn't. Um, but he would always stay on me about, you know, um, getting my life right with God, you know? Yeah. And I ended up quitting that industry. Um, I just had a moment where I felt like I'm becoming somebody that I don't recognize mm. um, within that industry. Um, you know, that industry can get caught up in all, all kinds of things, drugs and um, women and party and all of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I was out there and. And uh, so I moved back to New York. I'm trying to figure out what's next in my life. Um, and he told me, come visit the Ram Church. And he said, I promise you that if you come, God will give you a sense of direction for the next phase of your life. Mm. And I did about 18 years ago, something like that. I came to visit. I met at the time Pastor Younger. And uh, I remember when it was time to leave Lynchburg, I felt like I was leaving something. And um, one day I heard it clearly where God said, move to Lynchburg. And I moved here probably six months after. Um, I didn't know I would be here this long. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be for a season. And I ended up um, ended up 
you know, meeting, finding my wife here, finding my my purpose here. I became an assistant pastor at the Ram Church, never had a desire to, to be a pastor to preach. Um, in fact, come April to be 10 years that I've been a pastor here. Man, first of all, I think it's so funny that you said you didn't know you would be here in Lynchburg this long because I feel like everybody who has moved to Lynchburg has had like that same story. Say the same thing, right? Me, yeah, like moving here in the 10th grade, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna graduate high school and then I'm going back to DC. Like, and that's just right. what it's gonna be. Fast forward, here we are years later. I moved here in 2009, so we're in 2024 and I'm still here. Wow, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Every time I hear your story, it just amazes me how God will find you exactly exactly where you are and use mm -hmm. everyone that comes in your path to help you find your next, just like Bishop preached yesterday um, at yeah. service. And so going from like the music industry and executive producing, like in all those things to being the pastor, executive pastor at the Ram Church, and meeting your wife. Okay, so what, when did your wife come into play? Like, how did that happen? So I actually met her on my second trip to Lynchburg. Okay, so, so this before after that first trip, I, Yeah, way before I moved, uh, she was Bishop Younger's assistant at the time. I think she okay. started, she became his assistant when she was 17. She came here for Liberty University and joined the Ram Church. We met at IHOP and she does not remember this at all. <laughs> at all <laughs> um it was me bishop and her having breakfast um you know i thought she was cool i thought she was pretty but my mind wasn't on on that you know yeah i actually came from a, a crazy relationship so um i decided for a year i was not gonna date yeah at all Man. Um, but that's that's when i met her on my second trip here on your second trip here and then from there, so would you? It wasn't a whole like love at first sight type of thing because you said you weren't even focused on that. No, I mean I, I saw a beautiful young lady, you know, for sure. Right. But after that, you know, I was like, no, I, you know, I'm here for business, not business, but I'm here. I'm 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 here to get my life right. I'm here to be serious about what God has for me. So yeah, I can't I can't be having yeah. no distractions. So you gonna have can't to have no distractions, right? <laughs> right. So then how? <laughs> So then how did you go from that in that moment? It's like, you know, you're beautiful, but I'm here. I don't need no distractions. Like I'm focused. I'm not even worried about it to. Yeah, let's get married. Oh, right. So, <laughs> uh, OK, probably. Probably three or four years after. But do that. We, we were friends. We were friends. Yeah. I would hang out with with her, her roommates. Um, a bunch of us would hang out. I Sometimes I'd even stop by her job and say, say what's up. Um, <laughs> but business. I'm just saying, hey, you know, passing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, right, right. So, got yeah, you. We, we built a friendship. We built a real good friendship to the point where she could talk about other guys to me. Um, <laughs> I was in that friend zone, I guess. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know, just one random day I said, I'm going to ask out. I'm going to ask out to go to the movies. And Okay, this was not very smooth, I'll be honest. So I asked her. That's how you know it's real. I asked her to go to the movies with me, uh, but it was a few people around. So she thought it was going to be like the whole group was going. Oh, she so really she said, did yeah, have your friend zone. She said y'all were going on like a group friend trip. A group friendship, so exactly. Funny. Go ahead, Miss Ashley. <laughs> exactly. So that Friday night, you know, I get to the movie theater, she doesn't show up. So I call her and I'm like, hey, what happened? And she's like, oh, I, you know, I didn't 
take it serious. I know a lot of us are going and you won't miss me. And I was like, no, nah, I was actually just you. And she said, oh, really? I said, yeah, so let's let's try again tomorrow. So uh, the next day she showed up. And at the time I had a mentee who I was with all day long. So he came with me. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. I, don't, I don't even know what I was thinking or what, but he didn't sit with us. He actually found a friend and sat with the friend. Um, but I did bring my mentee on our first, I guess, date. That is say. so funny because the whole time Lady Ashley stood you up. So actually, y'all could have your own movie time. It sounds like she was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so great. That's classic. I love it. Yeah. I love so, it. We went to go see Not Easily Broken with Kevin Hart and I think uh, Taraji P. Henson and Morris mm. Chestnut. And um, we had a great time, but it was the second day. So that was Saturday. That Sunday evening, we got on the phone and we talked for hours. Yeah. And it was in that conversation where I said she could be my wife. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, don't, I can't tell you what a specific thing she said. It was just the feeling that I felt like, yeah, this is my yeah. wife. And you yeah. said that, but that was like months after you moved there. Years, years, years actually, after yeah. you moved there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you said about three, four years after you moved there. Yeah, yeah. So were, was marriage like always a thing for you? Like, was it something that you grew up witnessing, like your like your parents, or is it something that you always desired? Let me say, I always desired marriage, but I didn't have healthy marriages in front of me. Okay, so even being really in the music weird. industry. You still mm -hmm. desire marriage? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't always pursuing marriage at the time, but <laughs> I always knew I wanted to be married one day. I wanted that, what I thought marriage was, you know? Yeah, um, yeah even though, you know, my parents were separated since I was like five years old. Um, you know, yeah, I didn't have a lot of healthy marriages to to model after or to see besides probably the Cosby Show. <laughs> okay, Cosby Show, yes. And we can't even talk about that now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah but god always placed this, this desire in me even though i didn't see it yeah i always felt like it's something that i wanted yeah so yeah. then even not having like the healthy marriages modeled um you were still able to okay so what was your view or what did you think that love and marriage was back then versus what you know now like how has it shifted I definitely would have said marriage is probably like the rom-com where every day is perfect. Mm. Um, two people meet, they just magically fall in love and, you know, um, it's life happy, happily ever after, you know? Man, um, yeah, yeah, what I found out is that marriage is a decision and that, <clears throat> yes, emotion plays a part of it. A big part of it, especially in the beginning, but it's not just on emotion because some days, you know, Mr. T.D. Jake said this. He said, some days I go home and I can't wait to go see my wife, yeah. you know, and there's some days I go home just because I live there. <laughs> <laughs> That's real, man. <laughs> so, so some days, you know, it's it's perfect. It's love. It's love Jones, you know, and then mm -hmm. some days it's you get on my nerves. I still love you. Yeah. But because I made this decision, no matter how much you get on my nerves, I'm still coming home. Exactly. You know, we're still going to pray together before we go to bed and we're going to keep going. Yeah. So um, that that's that's one of the things I discovered is that um, um, marriage, like life, is going to be a reflection of life. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs and um, you don't quit at the downs, you know? Yeah. 
yeah. you make that commitment to actually keep going and make the commitment mm -hmm. to work through it. And I think that's where a lot of people are missing it. I guess like in today's generation, not even just with marriage, but just relationships in general, you know, they think that when they find their person or they feel like they found their person that it's going to be perfect. And at the first onsite of it not being perfect or that first argument or those disagreements, or you find something that you dislike about the person, like you realize that you're really loud and you can't stand that. Now, all of a sudden, right. yeah, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work, right. As opposed to, as opposed to, is this something you know, that I actually can work through? Is it my pride? Is it my ego? You know, am I looking for this perfect person? Would you say, oh, that was another question I had. And I'm gonna have to circle back to that mm -hmm. because I forgot it. Okay. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, so then what would you say, like being married, what is the most challenging part about being married? And well, how, how long have you been married, you said? We'll be... 13, no, 14, wow, 14 years in May. Oh my goodness, 14 years. 14 years in May. Oh, in May? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's my May May anniversary 30th. too. May 30th. Ours is May 22nd. Wow, okay. Yep, our anniversary is May 22nd, and we'll be going on, oh man, our fourth year. <coughs> Excuse me, third year. Third year, oh Jesus, yeah. So we'll be going on our third year, um, May 22nd. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations to you too. Thank so 14 you. years of marriage, what would you say then is the most challenging part about being married? And then what is like the most gratifying or most rewarding part about being married? The most challenging part about being, uh, being married, I would say is having to die to yourself. Mm. Because one day uh, Bishop was doing a wedding and, you know, he's done weddings, so many weddings. So he was doing a funeral maybe a couple of days before. So when he got to the wedding, he started doing the liturgy of a funeral, <laughs> you know, and then he caught himself like, oh, wait a minute. But he goes, wait a minute. Technically, this is a funeral because you are dying to yourself. Oh, wow. You, you got to die to yourself to to become you for you and your spouse to become one. Yes. So um, in the beginning, learning to like, Everything I do now, I'm considering somebody else. Yep, in everything. In everything. I'm not just, oh, I'm going to go hang out with the boys and just get up and go. Like, no, I'm checking in, you know, and it's not like, you know, people, you know, people may say that kind of sounds crazy. Like, I have to check in. It's not like I'm asking for permission, but it, I'm being considered to let her know, like, hey, these are my plans. What are your plans? You know, how can we make sure our plans work together? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, constantly, um you know, burying yourself, your your way of thinking, um, your habits that may uh, offend the other person or irritate the other person, constantly putting those things up, burying them. And it only works when both sides are doing it. Right. So where, where the imbalance comes in marriage is when one person is submitting and the other person isn't. But if mm. both people are constantly doing it, you know, that's going to be a recipe for success. A recipe for success and creates... Uh, I was going to say create so much ease, but I know like it's like you, like we said, it's not always, you know, difficult, uh, not always easy. There are challenges, but when both partners are actually committed to one another and committed to making it work, like we said, it does create a certain ease and a certain peace that flows with it. So then what right. actually is the most rewarding part then? 
that I get to share life, um, the good and the bad with one person. Yeah. Um, so when I'm when I met uh no, when I started dating Ashley, um a few weeks after I lost my job. Mm. So most of the time in our relationship, I was unemployed. Um looking for work, but I was unemployed. Um, I had just, you know, I moved to Lynchburg, had all of these plans, and I lost my job actually because I took two weeks off the fast. Wow. So when I came back, they were like, oh, you used all your vacation time. That you know, <laughs> I didn't want to leave. So that is true. But they basically let me go right after the fast. Yeah. So now I'm questioning, okay, was this a God move? Did I really hear God in this? And um, you know, working in entertainment, making good salary to now being unemployed and having to sell pretty much all of my things to make ends meet. Um, you know, it was a little, it was, it was definitely a, a challenging time. Um, but, you know, it takes the sting out of those moments when you have somebody to share it with. Yeah. You know, um, somebody that you can be the real you. It's a safe place. You mm. know, that, that, that's what I would say. Um, having a safe place with a person where I, if I have a great day, She's the first person I want to call and talk about it. If I'm having a crazy day, she's the first person I want to call and talk about it. And knowing that, you know, she'll, she'll give me strong advice. She's not impressed by me. She's not looking at Pastor Marvin. She's not looking at, at accolades. She's looking at Marvin. She knows me and she knows exactly what to say, when when, when to say something, when sometimes, when not to say something, because <laughs> women like to talk all the time. But um <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. <laughs> they always got something to say, but for the most, but I will say this: for the most part, she's pretty much right. Yeah. You know? So having that safe place that uh, that you you know you have a safe place with God that you can go to God about everything, and in a sense, in marriage, the right marriage, you have a glimpse of what that that relationship with God is in your spouse, where you can have that safe place where you can go and be transparent and be the real you that's so good that's really good i want to piggyback off of kind of what you said <laughs> and i think it's funny how um like your story and even like me and my story kind of parallels mm -hmm. each other um because when i was here you know, I had just got out of a super crazy bad relationship and that's when I decided to move back here because I was actually in DC. Um, like I said, I was like, you know, after I graduate, you know, I'm leaving, I ain't gonna be here long. So I did, I went back to DC for about a year and a mm -hmm. half. Um, and it was in a crazy relationship. And of course it was long distance until I moved back there. Ended terribly, came back here. Cause I was like, okay, you know what? I'm coming back here. I'm gonna be in school. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna do all the things. Mm -hmm. And I was single for about two years. Um, until I met Mike and I gave him such a hard time <laughs> because I was so, first of all, that was probably one of the longest times I've ever been single in my life. And right. so I was in a space where I was really finding who I was and getting comfortable with myself. And then for him to come out of nowhere, I'm like, why are you here? What do you want from me? <laughs> like, uh -huh. this point, like you have to be a super great person to mess up this piece because I'm not feeling it at all right this is like mm, yeah I don't know what to expect from you but he was very patient and very mm. persistent and it was after a while <laughs> and of course I always have to tell this part he actually worked up the nerve to ask me for my number and I'm like 
yeah, no, you can have my Snapchat. And I think that was probably after <laughs> three months. My Snapchat. Yeah, I was like, oh, you can have my Snapchat. You can be connected, but not all the way connected, because I'm probably going right. to, if we're being honest. Um, um, but then, long story short, we ended up going on, you know, our first date after about six months of persistence and just seeing each other in passing because he was, you know, delivering to a restaurant that I was actually working at. So we'd see each other often. Mm -hmm. um, and he was never, I guess, pushy about anything. And I think that's what kind of drew me in is that he was patient. He allowed it to be, you know, the ball to be in my court the entire time. Um, but then so long going, going into, you know, further down the line, once we actually, you know, started dating, it was insane because I lost my job. And then a week later, okay. he lost his job. Oh, so wow. Okay. You said you lost your job and you were on a flex. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like the same story almost. Um, but it was in that moment where, you know, I got to see, where we kind of got to see who each other truly, like truly were. You know, they say, right. you don't really know a person until, you know, I guess it has something to do with money. When a person is angry, you don't really know who they are. And one thing that I can say is that he has always been extremely consistent, like in every scenario all across the board. Um, you know, when he's angry, he's actually the person where I'd be the one yelling and he wouldn't raise his voice. He wouldn't curse at me or anything. He'd be talking and I have to check myself like, okay, wait, he's talking to me. This is new. Right. So now I have to <laughs> together. Right. Um, and even in the scenario where we both lost our jobs, we, you know, we both stepped up. We you know, found work that we could, we hustled and it was never a strain on the, on like our actual love for each other. And we never took that out on each other. And that opened my mm -hmm. eyes up a lot. And part of me feels like I knew he was going to be my husband before he knew I was going to be his wife. I have to ask him. Okay. I really know. I'm just assuming. Okay. <laughs> because like I said, it was in those moments where I'm like, you know, this guy is patient he was always patient in the beginning he's patient now and right. then to answer my question about the most challenging part I think the most challenging part in our marriage so far has been uh, still finding ways to grow together if that makes sense you know like so you are committed and we're doing this but constantly learning and relearning who your partner is Mm -hmm. it's still having that stable foundation um because like i know me like i've been probably three or four different people in the past six years like he right. has same wife same girlfriend or anything for a while and he's been pretty consistent he has like a very like slow gradual growth but it's easy to catch on to me i'm just like wildfire i'm all over the place right. um but, and I think that the most challenging part has been how do we continue to find our flow and find our stride, even with me becoming a new creation and you growing mm -hmm. a new person? And how do we continue to make sure that, you know, we match or that, you know, that we're continuing to be who we are to each other, regardless of the growth in our minds or the growth in our careers or anything else? And right. I think the most rewarding part has been finding that we still grow together and also yeah. waking up every day knowing that your partner is just as committed as you are to making it work. 
um, you know, you guys are equally committed to making it work no matter what it looks like and not necessarily in, you know, that toxic way, like where people think you got to ride it out through all like the craziness, but right. again, the growth and through the years, because you're not, life is forever changing. It's yeah, change, but it's always going to change. So you have to be able to roll with it and still have something solid at the same time. And I think having a healthy marriage and a healthy partner is the actual solid part that keeps you grounded throughout it all. Yeah. You know, when you said about that's the biggest challenge is, um, uh, paraphrasing the biggest challenge is how we are constantly evolving and we're still trying to connect you know it's like love is a discovery and as we're discovering ourselves our partner has has to be committed to continue to discover us um like you said you know you're, I'm, you're like i'm three different four different people you know over 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 the marriage and it, it is a challenge but it's probably the beautiful thing i think a lot of the reasons some people divorce is because they're stuck on knowing the person at that moment and not think there's anything after this, you know? So they're cheating themselves because they, they're seeing the person maybe in, in the worst moment of their life yeah. or in that season where they're struggling. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's a tomorrow. And what does tomorrow bring out of that person? What does, you know, you know we, we could be one moment away where God shifts everything. And, you know, same thing could be in our partner. Yes. And, and some people just give up too early. Too early. That's the big part. And I know this is <clears throat> kind of different too, but after I had, you know, my baby girl, Zara, after I had her, it was in that moment, like the postpartum phase where I was like, I see exactly why most couples don't make it after having a baby. Mm -hmm. That was really, really eye-opening for me. Yeah. And because not only are you changing and your entire life has changed because now you have another life you're responsible for, but it was just challenging in a sense of like understanding what your partner, understanding what your partner is going through and even understanding yourself what you're going through. Because like we can read all the things in the world about, you know, postpartum, but one, for, for a while, it wasn't talked about enough, but it's also one of those things that you have to see for yourself because everyone's mm. journey looks different. So when you're in it, in the thick of it, it's like, oh, have mercy. <laughs> what, <laughs> what is this? And then the person that you knew who you were, like who you were before the baby, now you have no idea who you are. And then your identity becomes wrapped in being a mom and catering to this little life because this is you know, what you know you're supposed to do. And I think the biggest struggle with postpartum is being out of touch with yourself so much so that you can't even find that relation to your partner anymore. I'm, there's mm -hmm. a better way to say that. God help me to say that. Um, but not knowing who you are plays a big role, period, in right. a relationship and being in a marriage. Yeah. You lose that identity even after having a baby. And now your partner doesn't even recognize you because it's like, you're absolutely not the same, both physically and mentally and emotionally. And you can't communicate it. And you can't communicate Because you don't know what to communicate. You don't know either. Right. So it's easier, like you said, people give up too quickly. They give up too easily. Uh, but being able to make it through to the other side of that is, that has been also um, really rewarding 
So I read this book and I was probably about 14 when I read this book. I've said it on my podcast numerous times. I was always the kid who read like self-help books. I was never an entertainment reader at all. So I'm reading this mm-hmm. book about love at 14 <laughs> and it's called mm-hmm. this sum of love, a new way of um, looking at marriage. I mean, I was always into psychology, psychology major, all those things. I wanted to be a marriage and family counselor, if we're being honest. Okay. So I read the book and it was so insightful. But as I'm going through life from 14 to obviously now, it wasn't until in my marriage where I was able to, you know, pull what I read from that book out of the archives. And that's what helped me to realize, oh, wait, this is what the book was talking about. This was the biggest challenge in a marriage is, you know, relearning who your partner is. So the basis mm-hmm. of like, there should never be a dull moment in your marriage and not because, you know, you're spicing things up, but it should never be a dull moment because right. your partner, you're constantly relearning who your partner is. And a lot of people now, they see marriage as a dead end. They see marriage as a, okay, got the ring, boom. You know, I gave her a ring. We're married now. That's the end of my life. That's the end of the road. This is it. Like you said earlier, like this is, this is all that there is. But I believe fully that like when you get married, it's actually when the real journey actually begins. Yeah. Really is the fun part. It's like, I mean, and if you're competitive, you know, look at it like that. It's like, how committed can I be? How great of a partner can I truly be, you know, to my spouse? And, you know, just it's so much to learn and it's so much to know. And as life continues to change and you and your partner continue to go through seasons and different seasons of life, there's always going to be something new to discover and uncover about love and the way that you love and the way that your partner loves. I can have a completely new revelation about what love actually is and what it actually looks like. We like to say in the church, don't get stuck on an old method where God is doing a new thing. And it's it's the same thing in marriage. You know, we we talk about the five love languages. Um, And it might start out as as one, but then in a couple of years, you're still trying to buy her gifts. And she's like, wait a minute, I just want your time. (laughs) You know, it could be all, and it could be all of them. But you have to constantly be committed to to learning learning the other person. Um, I've learned the the power of pivoting in marriage. Um, so about maybe it had been well three four years within the marriage. Um, Bishop asked me to become an assistant pastor at the church. Right, never never my desire. Never talked about you know ministry. I, I go to my wife and tell her she she got up um, outside. She got up, walked outside the room, didn't talk about it for two weeks. And then when she finally did, she said, I don't know if I would have married. Hmm? I said she left you on red. Yeah, yeah she sure did. <laughs> she said when she finally talked about that. She said, I don't know if I would have married you if I knew you were going to be a pastor. I never wanted to marry a pastor because I know what that life brings. Um, I'm the naive one because I, you know, I didn't really grow up in church like that. So she she grew up in church. All of her family are pastors and first ladies and so forth. So, you know, from her experience, she she saw what comes with it. And she could have gave up. She could have gave up and said, okay, or it's either you you take this and I leave. But she decided to stick it out. And um, I think we've both been blessed, blessed because of it. Yeah. You know, so... 
we plan out just like in life, we plan out what we want our life to look like, you mm -hmm. know, and in marriage, we probably plan out what we want our marriage to look like, but you got to be willing to, to embrace those God detours. You know, they all work out, but in the moment, wait a minute, that's not what it looks like. This doesn't look like my destination. This doesn't look like the way to get to where I'm trying to go. I feel lost here. But um, if God is in it, you got to stick it out and it'll be worth it. Absolutely. And that's yeah. honestly, truthfully, where my new, where like the refreshing, I guess, revelation of marriage and love came from is when I personally, you know, decided to walk with God and grew closer to God myself, just, you know, within the last year and a half, that's what really opened my eyes to what it was supposed to look like. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you know, marriage is a partnership, but it's also not talked about enough that marriage is a lot of servitude. Like you said, yeah. you have to be willing to, you know, die to yourself for you and your partner to become one. How does the flow work is when both partners, when you are serving your partner, your partner serving you, no one's cup runs empty. And yeah. it's going to be an equal exchange all the time and I think that's where we get tripped up too is like I know most, some days I just don't have it I don't have it at all and Mike has no problem putting up the 80% while I'm only giving 20 mm -hmm. and he has his days you know it's vice versa you have to be willing to pour a little more but if you're both constantly in a posture to serve each other then on those days where someone is running low you have a little more to give you know to right you. And that's, yeah. that's been a beautiful eye opener as well. It's constantly having to get out of, you know, like a selfish place, constantly having mm -hmm. to get out of a, what about me? And start asking the, you know, what about you? How are you? What do you need? And most people go into relationships these days to fill their own cup, not looking to fill the other person's cup. And not necessarily like, you know, intentionally, but it's just that subconscious thing that we have is like, an unhealed person, they go into a new relationship and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I feel so happy. Like, this is great. Meanwhile, they have these unspoken expectations for this person to heal them or to fix them. And when it doesn't work out as they thought it would, yeah. then all of a sudden, right. like, oh, you're this and you're that. And this isn't going to work for me because X, Y, and Z. It's a posture of what can I receive versus how can we serve each other? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so when people start looking at it like that, I think there'll be a lot more success stories in marriage as well. Yeah, people want to come in in, in relationships incomplete and expect that person to make them whole. And you have to come in whole. Yeah. Um, because then you're bringing baggage and you're expecting that person to fulfill something that really only God can fulfill in your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, so that's something that I mentioned in, um, I had a podcast episode last Tuesday where I was talking about being healed enough, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say a person is not 100% whole before they meet, you know, their person. Because I I like to say that I was healed enough when I met Mike. Healed mm -hmm. enough to um, know when I'm in the wrong. Healed enough to, healed enough and mature enough to actually correct myself. And so by that, I mean, if I went into the new relationship still completely unhealed from before, then I would have thought something was wrong with Mike when I decided to argue and raise my voice and he was talking. I would have 
you know, translated to that to, oh, you don't care because you're not getting as, you know, loud and passionate as me. You don't care. You don't care. Right. I'm done with this. But I was healed enough to know like, okay, I'm yelling because that's what I was used to in my past relationship. And you're talking and people who love each other should be able to talk things out and not have to yell and bite each other's heads off. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't like completely whole. I was still very much learning. And that's another thing. You have to be open to, you know, continuously learning and correcting yourself. We always yeah. correct outside of ourselves when a lot of the things that we try to correct outside of ourselves can be corrected if we correct ourselves first and show up differently. And yeah. so I'm healed enough to recognize those things. And I think a lot of times our relationships are parallel to our relationship with God. Oh, yeah. And one thing we may get in trouble in is as soon as something goes wrong, we want to critique the other person when a lot of times it's God really saying, look at yourself. Yes. And before you go and address your spouse, what is it that you could have done different? What is it that, you know, and half most majority of the time, that's a reflection of how we're treating God. You, you know, know, it's so many parallels. I asked myself that question last year. <laughs> <laughs> it was constantly it's like, what could you have done different? What did you do to play a role in this? What could you yeah. have said differently? How can you handle this situation? But once God really started pressing that on me, he made that like a burden to look at myself first. Like anytime I felt myself getting irritated or bothered about something, God will always be like, okay, here's one of those moments. Let's work through right. it. One of those teaching moments. What could you have done? And when you really think about that and really digest it, it brings a certain sense of humility as well. So it's like now when you go to address the person, you're not coming from an ego, I'm always right type of standpoint. And the conversation even flows a lot smoother because it's like, okay, I know, I just want to tell you, you know, about how I feel about this. I know that I could have done X, Y, and Z. Or half the time, by the time God finishes helping you correct yourself, right. it doesn't even need to be a conversation head because it was you the whole time. I need to Oops, sorry. Serious. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was amazing how transformative just those questions are. We, we, um, first few years of our relationship was rough, uh, especially when it came to handling confrontation. Mm -hmm. And we finally came to the point where we said, before we get into this discussion, um, we're going to pray together. Ooh. Because when we did that, not only are we inviting God in the conversation, it sobered us up and put us in more of a spiritual uh, foundation where we're coming from a spiritual place because it's harder to cut somebody out when you bring God in. <laughs> you know it's harder to to attack when when you you know you're saying okay God guard my lips you know um you, you be glorified at the end of the day you know this is not my enemy I'm not sleeping with the enemy uh, this is the person that I love this is the person I choose to love and we want the best out of this so let me handle this with the fruit of the spirit let me handle this the way you want me to handle it and that that helped out a lot that helped our discussion not to be as heated that's so good yeah. that's so good and definitely about the part when you said oftentimes our relationships are a reflection of our relationship with god mm -hmm. that is 100% true because oh and I said this in another episode don't remember which one it was but it's like I can look back over every single relationship I've ever had and not just like a, you know, a romantic relationship, but even like friendships. 
I can look back on every relationship and I can remember where I was with God at that time. And each mm-hmm. one was in exact parallel, you know, to each other. And so right. like, um, as I grow deeper in relationship with God, I'm seeing so many, it's, it's the same thing. It, it parallels to where I am with God now in all of my relationships and all of my friendships, because the same qualities in the same way that you approach God in the same way that God even loves and approaches you, he, like how God loves you unconditionally, how he gives you so much grace when he could give you so many lashes instead, like right. the way that he loves and the way that we have to, you know, the way that we learn to love him in return, it's so easy to transfer that onto other people because it's like when they do something wrong, it's like, God's first reaction is not going to be to yell at me. So why would that be my first reaction? God is a God of peace and a God of love and a God of grace. And that's how Mm -hmm. I approach this situation as well. Um, And I do find it easier to be in, you know, in relationship with God. It's easier to handle, you know, the relationships in your life. So what would you, I guess, a word of advice or encouragement, like, for those who are, I guess, looking for love mm-hmm. and even advice and encouragement for those who are, you know, already married. What would okay. you advice be? If looking for love, um, this is this is gonna sound old school. <laughs> and I don't consider myself necessarily like an old school church person because I didn't grow up in it. You know, I'm kind of learning things as we're going. But a principle that I took and I applied to my marriage was after the first date, I went to my pastor and asked him, um, I asked him, I said, you know, well, first I asked him, what is a good age difference between a man and a woman? And he said eight years. And I'm exactly eight years older than, than Ashley. And I said, okay, well, there's a young lady I'm interested in, but I would like to get your blessing. And I told him and he laughed because he he said he, he would have never put us together. But he says, I know both of you guys very well and you have my blessing. Um, so getting, especially when you're starting out early, yeah, getting that blessing from your spiritual covering, your, your, your parents, um, you know, it's funny how we'll trust our leaders to pour into us on Sundays. We'll trust them to speak prophetic words over our lives. But then sometimes we don't trust them to ask them about, okay, well, person I want to spend the rest of my life with, <laughs> you know, because we're skating and say, that's not the one. Um, even, even my mother, every girl that I brought to the house, and some that she loved, some she hated. <laughs> but even the ones that one that she really, really loved, she said, I like her, but she's not the one. Yes, that is so amazing. And the only the only thing she said about Ashley was not, she didn't think it was the right time, but she never said she's not the one. She thought I married, she thought I was getting married too early. Oh, you know, okay. Because for her, I wasn't, you know, I had just got a job, you know, she's thinking financially, things like that, which obviously she had, she had a point, um, you know, um, which I don't regret how, how we did it, but I understand where she's coming from. Um, so yeah, including the person that uh, the person or the people that you consider your accountability to have their blessing because they can see further than we can. And, you know, in the early stages, we're looking at, 
the looks we're looking at, um, you know, what do we have in common, blah, blah, blah. They, they can see further. Yes. And trust in that voice. Um, it can save you a lot of time. It can save you a lot of heartache, save you a lot of money. Um, so yeah. Um, and, and besides that, just, just get to know the person, ask the question and don't rush. Don't and when rush. I say that, don't rush on the intimacy side. Yeah. You know, one, we already know it's biblical, but two, you, you, you complicate it and you cloud your judgment. Um, you know, the old, worldly ideology of you have to try it out before you commit to it it's a world ideology it is uh it's not true it's not true um you know growing up we used to hear you know i used to hear men say oh yeah you'll get tired with the same person uh it's not true you do it god's way you won't get tired with the person. we talked about how you discover a person the person is never the same and that's in every aspect of the relationship yeah. so um yeah, don't, you know, involve God in it. Get your get your insight from your spiritual accountability and do it his way. Um, is what I would say for somebody starting out. Uh for a married couple, I would say, you know, um, keep discovering. Keep discovering, keep dating, keep finding ways to um to keep it fresh. Um see awe and wonder in your partner. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one thing me and my wife said, every year we're going to take a vacation with our daughter, family trip, but we're also going to take a vacation just us. Yeah. You know, I've met married couples, they were like, yeah, I haven't, you know, we haven't been on a trip together in 10 years because of our kids. And that's great. But then what happens is once the kids move out, you're, you're now you're discovering who are you outside of being a mother? <laughs> who yeah. are you outside of being a father? We got the kids that I, I don't even know who you are. Right. So keep, keep... Yeah, keep dating, keep um, keep learning each other. You know, um, don't don't ever feel like you got that person. Same way we don't we we should never feel like we understand God and we got the full revelation of who God is. No, we keep going in the journey. We keep discovering who He is. He shows us another side of Him, and it's the same thing in our relationships. There's so many things um, that are happening in my marriages now that I never imagine would have happened or I would have learned or I would have seen this side even now we do a lot of business together you know yeah. I'm seeing a whole other side of her and another thing and I, I'm, I'll leave it at that um opposites really do attract okay can we talk about that briefly because I do respect yes I respect your time and I know you're probably gonna have to go soon but we have I'm to because that is again another parallel that your marriage and my marriage has as we've discussed it before about how opposites attract. So go ahead with what you were going to say and I'll follow up. A lot of times when people are looking for somebody, they're looking for somebody like them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know for me, when I was growing up, my ideal woman, she was going to be, she was going to be Caribbean. I'm Caribbean. She was going to like the music I like. She was going to like the food I like, you know, <laughs> the movies I like, like all of it was going to be like, bam. You know, this is this is my best friend that I can rock with, and we can do everything together because we just see everything the same like way. All the same things, yeah. All the same things, right? But two things, two 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 alike people can can't produce much. Mm. It has to be two opposite people uh, that really can produce more. So, why I say opposites attract, and this is why I think in the early years marriage is challenging because God brings two people that are very different. 
you know, I'm I'm more outgoing. My wife is more an introvert. I'm more, I have a big idea. You know, she's more like, okay, let's work out all the details. You know, all of these different things, they conflict in the beginning because we're trying to figure each other out. But once it comes together, it's powerful. I think Neo said it best. We're, I'm a movement by myself, but, <laughs> but we're a force when we're together. <laughs> but but it's, it's so true when, if you're starting a company, um, you want to hire people that have skills that aren't your skills. You know, I may start a company, but I need somebody that understands accounting. That may not be my skill. Do I hire somebody that on the same level as me? Do I hire somebody that this is, you know, this is what they do. But together, our our diversity and our gifts forms that great company. And you got to embrace the differences because I think God uses those differences to really make one great marriage you know together and to yeah when you when you are unified with somebody uh that god has for you um it's it's a powerful force it's it's a powerful force man that is awesome i was going to follow up but i feel like you pretty much covered that <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you know my husband and i we definitely are we are opposite as well but it has never worked more perfectly and like, that's just such a great thing because we do, when we're looking for that partner, we try to find someone just like us. And I'll be honest, I don't know if I would want somebody like me. <laughs> and that's not- <laughs> Me neither. I thought I did, but no. You know, and that's not like a shot at myself, but with my, like my ambition, my drive, like my relentlessness, I don't know. I can't even imagine being in the position that I'm in now. So like if I was relentless and ambitious and I had a husband who has the exact same drive and passion, we're both going for the things that we want. I don't even know how we, that would work for us. Like in parenthood, like mm. it, like with our daughter, I don't know how it would work with like upkeeping the household much. I'd like, there's so many different dynamics to where I fit. I literally cannot even see myself in a household with myself. I would drive right. my insane so right. to my husband for also putting up with me <laughs> i'll give you an example where i wanted to start a, a t-shirt company i had an idea i was like i want to start on um, t-shirts i mentioned that idea to my wife literally a week later she comes out and she has the whole website oh wow created the whole system you know if it was up to me to do that yeah it would have taken six months <laughs> you know but her mind is there her mind operates like that her mind can put those little things together. I can come up with the ideas. She can implement the strategy. And, and that was an example for me. And I felt like God telling me like, this is, this is another reason why I brought you together. That's another thing I think about marriage is that the further, the more we go, the deeper we go in it, the more and more we realize why it allowed us to be together. Absolutely. We thought it was just this, uh, this um, Hollywood love, this rom, you know, and, and that's a part of it, but there's more to it. So much, especially when you like you said when you realize it's like my partner was truly created you know like for mm. me for such a time as this and when you catch the full revelation of that it's like wow god like you are intentional in all your ways yeah is mind-blowing because yeah. it's, and i think that having a partner who is opposite it highlights our weaknesses 
which in turn should also breed more humility in the marriage yeah. as well. Because it's like, oh, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe there are some things I'm not, you know, 100% great at. Maybe I should bring right. it down a notch or two. Um, right. And if you let it be, you know, just that, like you're strong where I'm weak versus, you know, something that has to conflict, it, again, it creates a force. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. Thank you so much for- Thank you, Kayla. Our all about love segment for February. I pray that it is insightful for so many, which I know that it will be, because again, God is very intentional about everything. And um, man, I'm just going to sit and digest this because this was a really great conversation. And I appreciate you, Pastor Marvin, for sharing space with us, for being authentic with us as well, and just for being you. Thank you, <laughs> And shout out to well, I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing with this and um getting to know you, I would say in the past couple years, um, and just seeing the the anointing on your life. And um I think there's a lot of great things in store for you. Oh man, all right now, don't make me cry. I was doing real yeah. I was doing really good. <laughs> just 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 lift your hands and receive. <laughs> I receive it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, okay, last thing is I usually give homework to the people. And I questioned whether or not I was going to give homework for the All About Love segment. I wanted people more so to just receive it. Um, but do you have anything that someone could work on like right now in real time if they're in pursuit of a partner or if they already have a partner? What is something that you would say they could work on? Or you would encourage them to work on? The person that is pursuing a partner, I would say the list of the list that they created of this is what my partner has to be or has to have. I would say rip it up. Rip <laughs> it to shreds. <laughs> rip it to shreds and and be open because um most of the time God when God answers our prayers, it's not in the way that we we expect. Yeah. Um, and I think some people will stay single longer because they're looking for this person and God, you know, a lot of times the person could be right there, yeah. but you're looking for something else and your biggest blessing is, is could be right in front of you. Um, and, and work on themselves, work yeah. on themselves. You know, like I said, you want to get rid of as much baggage as you can. You're not going to be perfectly whole, but you yeah. want to get rid, rid of as much baggage. You want to make sure that you are completely divorced um, from previous relationships, previous experiences, because you don't want to bring that. It was never God's intention for you to bring that stuff into, into your relationship. Um, yeah. And then for the married people, I would say um, plan your next date. And when you plan this date, don't, don't bring your kids. Don't talk about work. Don't talk about church. Just talk about each other. Yeah. Rediscover. Yeah rediscover do and do something don't go to the same restaurant or the same typical date do something completely different completely different yeah you've been married 15 years if you've been married for two years do something different that is do something different i love that yeah. really try different food try different things and figure out who your partner is in the now yeah. um oh. and i'll be back okay. last thing and and pray for your spouse Mm. Pray for your spouse. Yeah. When you pray for your spouse, God will give you insight to 
Okay. Kayla's having a bad day. Um, it's deeper than um, today. You know, got to give you hints on this is what to pray about. This is what the issue issue is about. This is how you should address it. Um, yeah, if you if you um, it's like your cheat code, <laughs> you know, it, his wisdom will be your cheat code and it'll give you a prophetic advantage in your marriage. That is so true. And that's actually been a shift in my prayers um, like last year. Um, praying for my spouse, but also praying that God give me a fresh revelation of how to serve my spouse better. Because mm -hmm. again, and, and, you know, like disagreements or pointing the finger, even in prayers, we tend to, Lord, change this person or, you know, fix this person. Not exactly in those words, but you know what I mean? Um, but also it's like, okay, God, while you're working on this person, while you're doing whatever you have to do, you know, in this person's life, how can you, you know, help me to be a vessel and a catalyst for you to do the work that you need to do as well? Like, I know that if you give me, you know, better ways or deeper ways to serve my partner, whatever you have planned is already, you know, it's going to manifest. And there's mm -hmm. nothing that there's nothing extra that I have to do other than show up, you know, for my partner in the way that you called me to show up. Right. Because, you know, instead of like, you know, I'm waiting for God to change you. I'm, I'm waiting for God to change you because I've been praying again still right. on yourself because I noticed a dramatic difference when I started to show up differently. Um, mm. When I started to show up differently and serve differently, it again created a different response. Just like, you know, the same saying is like, you know, when you do the same thing, you're going to get the same thing. But if you do something different, you'll receive different results. And it's the same thing in marriage as well. So I guess the picture. God, God loved us into redemption. Oh, Jesus. It wasn't, when you think about it, it wasn't the sermon about I'm sending you to hell that probably drew you to him. It was a servant. It was a, it was the message that basically said, look, I know everything you did. I know everything about you. I still love you and I'm going to love you through it. Yeah. And it's the same thing sometimes with with it's the same thing in our marriage when we're in situations where maybe the other person isn't, you know, bringing their, bringing their full effort. Um, yeah, you can get resentful you can get spiteful or you can love that person through it you know and and love love that uh, what's the best way to say it um i don't know but you you know what i'm saying i got I'm what done. you're saying it truly is dope. i'm done we've talked too long but definitely like my advice you know across the board whether you're in pursuit of a partner or already married continue you know working on yourself and by working on yourself, working on the qualities that best serve your partner, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, just continue working on yourself in a way that like, a better you also breeds a better marriage, a better you um, will, you know, transfers to your partner and communicates different things to your partner as well. Work on, yeah. you know, the new, those new revelations of love or catch a new wind about your partner. Again, you know, the message that Bishop preaches like, you know, it's not that you need a new thing, but you, in paraphrasing, of course, it's not that you need a new thing. You just need a new way of looking at, you know, currently where you are, a new way of looking at your current situation. And when you're married for a long time or you've been with a person for a long time, you tend to show up 
as the same person or looking at them as the same person. And sometimes you need to catch a fresh revelation of who your partner is and the relationship that you guys have and not just, you know, seeing your your um, your spouse in passing roommate style relationship because you feel like you know them. Continue to right. keep curiosity about them. When, when Bishop talked about that part in the message, I promised you a few minutes before I wrote in my notes <clears throat> that God is going to give you a revelation of something or someone that's already been there, but he's going to give you a new revelation about that. I think about Moses. I've been in this mindset and um, this chapter, Exodus 14, about when um, the children of Israel about to cross the, 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 the sea, mm-hmm. the Red Sea. And the uh, Egyptians are following them. And then they turn to Moses and they say, Moses, what are we going to do? You brought us, brought us out here to die. And Moses, you know, says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then he cries out to God and God's like, why are you crying out to me for? You know, use the rod, you know, use the staff that's in your hand. And earlier it's in Exodus 4 where um, God gives him a revelation of that rod that's in his hand and says, you know, throw it to the floor and it turns into a serpent. And he says, you're going to be able to use this rod for miracles, signs and wonders. So the whole wow. thing that, you know, he's crying out for like, God, what do we do? And God's like, wait, it's in your hands. You know what I mean? Like I, mean, I gave you a revelation. You. And the thing about the rod, it's been with him the entire time. Mm. It's only, and some, there's, there's certain things in our lives. And even like in this new season, we're talking about God do something new. And God is like, wait a minute. And it goes very much to what Bishop said yesterday. It's, you know, what you're looking for, you have it. Maybe you don't have a revelation of what it is yet, you know, and God hasn't anointed it yet, you know. But like my my wife, she's been there in front of me for years, you know. But it was just that one moment that God was like, this is your revelation. This is your wife. Man. Oh, I love that. I also want to point out, too. Those who are in pursuit of a partner, um, just going off of this episode, neither me or Pastor Marvin were in pursuit of a partner. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, we were not looking, we were not actively looking or actively in pursuit of a partner. We were actually serving our now. We were yeah. serving where where we were at that time. We were focused on our assignment. We were focused on, you know, what we were doing at that time. And God brought you know, our partner, our potential partner into our life when we were just focused. I mean, it, it we weren't really so much, <laughs> so much. So I remember literally having this prayer with God a few weeks before <clears throat> when I told God, my desire is to have a wife. But if I'm if that's not your desire for me, I will be content. I'm not saying I won't long for one. I won't say there's certain, certain days I'm gonna be like, man, I wish I had a wife. But if your desire for me is not to have a wife, to be single all my life, I'll embrace it. I'll run with it. And when I had that moment with God, it literally a few weeks after, it was like, well, you know, I heard what you said, but I do got a, I do got a plan for you. But I had to see where your heart is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what it is. I have to see where your heart is and your true intentions and desire behind why you even want a spouse or why you even want a partner. Do you want a partner because yeah. you're lonely? Do you want a partner because you want them to fix you? Like, what is your intention? Right. Oh, yeah. And we're don't look thirsty in. on social media looking don't for a spouse. Yeah, because what's your we're intentions saying. on that? <laughs> right. <laughs> what's your intention behind it? Yeah, sometimes right. it really is. It truly is your heart posture as to why you're not receiving the things that you long for and or it could just very well be that it's not in God's cards for you. However, 
you work on yourself, you work on that intention and your heart posture, continue to grow closer to, with God and just allow him to take the lead. Just allow him to take lead in your life. hundred percent. In everything. And we gonna end on that y'all. Um, All right. <laughs> because, yeah, we, yeah, I got you. We can keep going on, but we have the entire rest of February to get, um, you know, more wisdom and more insight on what love and marriage actually looks like, or just being in relationships in general. There's so much more in store for you guys. So I'm not going to load you down on the first episode, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you guys just follow up with that homework and I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Thank you guys for sharing space with me today. If you found this episode enlightening, but want more clarity for how to connect these perspectives in your own walk, or even just need overall guidance for your own journey, don't hesitate to book your free discovery session with me at www.soulvibelifestyles.com or even take yourself through one of my 30-day self-guided journals by me and my business partner, Sharice Chambers. The link to both can be found in the show notes. This Tuesday Talk episode was powered by my faithful listeners and coffee funders. For those of you who know, there is no Tuesday Talk episode without my Tuesday Talk coffee and you. If you'd like to contribute a coffee to keep me sharp, you can do so with the link in the show notes. Thank you all for your generous contribution because honestly, what's a woman without God, coffee, and your support? Talk to y'all next week. Thank you for listening.